Hello and welcome to Agri-Food Matters, the podcast from the UCD School of Agriculture and Food Science that aims to shed light on the topics that really matter in the world of agriculture and food. I'm Sean Duke and I'll be your host for this episode, episode 12 in our series. Let's head over now first to Judy Dowsett, the co-producer of the podcast. Hi Judy, what do we have lined up for our listeners for this episode? Well, hi, Sean. And today we're going to be talking about an issue which is very close to my heart, and that is food waste. I find it staggering in the time that I've worked in UCD to hear the statistics about how much food is wasted at every stage in that food's journey. So even before food leaves the farm gate, about 30% of food is wasted. And that's because us as consumers have become so fussy about what we'll buy and that we just want uniform shapes of fruit and vegetables. But then when you think of the food being processed, the food being distributed, getting to supermarkets and then home to the consumer, at every stage there is a certain amount of food waste with the home domestic waste being the biggest contributor. And it's been estimated that the average Irish household wastes about 700 euros worth of perfectly edible food every year. That just goes into the bin. So not only is there the very real philosophical element to this, when so many of the world are struggling to get access to enough food, but also the environmental impact, if you think about it. So um, the amount of resources needed um, in the production of it and all of the greenhouse gases that are created as, as a result of making this food, which just ends up in landfill. So there are really two sides of the equation. Firstly, by reducing the amount of food that we waste and foodwaste.ie have a great website with ideas about how we as consumers can try to minimise how much food we're wasting. But the other side of the equation is what we're looking at today. And that side looks at how we can get value out of what is wasted. So the two researchers we're going to be meeting have come up with some really interesting ways in which technology can be used to repurpose existing food waste into something of value. Dr. AJ Menon works on a project to look at getting value from general food waste, whereas Associate Professor Nigel Brunton has many years experience in looking at the waste produced from very specific industries, such as apple pulp from the cider industry or wheat waste, which has resulted post-harvest. They'll be telling us about some important initiatives whereby food waste can be treated in the most efficient way with every product um, um, being used and every waste product being a resource for the next thing in the chain. And so actually is a really nice example of a circular economy and how um, this can be applied to um, food and agriculture. It's a really inspiring story and I hope you find it really interesting, Sean. Thank you. Thanks for that overview, Julie. Let's hear first now from Nigel Brunton, who, as Julie mentioned, has been working on specific technologies to tackle food waste arising in industry. I began by asking Nigel how he became interested in food waste arising from industry as a topic for research. It it started about 15 years ago um, and when the whole idea of of taking a food waste and trying to extract something for it 
um, and put it put it into something else. And so therefore, you know, adding value or taking value from from a, from a food waste was was kind of put forward. And at that time, it was very much um, a singular thing. So you were just taking one thing and putting it into something else, and you weren't thinking about the bigger picture. Whereas now it has uh, the whole uh, area has evolved and expanded, and whereby you have to take into account everything with regard to um, do, doing something like that. You have to look at the environmental impact of maybe a solvent that you might use to take out the component that you're trying to get. You might have to look at what are you going to do with what's left over. You know, you're, you're only taking out one small thing for something else left left over. So what's evolved from the whole concept is the concept of what's known as a biorefinery whereby in a sort of a cascade fashion, uh, we extract all the value from um, a food waste. And in fact, there's a lot of, food, there's a lot of um, components that can be used at a post-harvest stage as well, just after the harvesting of crops. Um, and uh, I suppose the one thing that, that um, we need when we, we develop these type of biorefineries is uniformity because uh, we're looking for a particular component that has value. Um, and, but if we're getting a mix of waste, we can't, we can't really extract it. It has to be, it has to be the same thing every time. Uh, and um, so, you know, there are other ways of tackling mixed food waste. Um, and the, the work that I do, it depends on a uniform uh, um, waste and, um, and large volumes of it as well. Okay, so but at the moment, I mean, our food waste isn't uniform because you know you put it into the into the bin, everything goes in, and so it's it could be anything. Yeah, so I'm talking about waste coming from uh, large processing of food. So for for example, if uh, if you're making crisps, you have to peel potatoes, and then you produce potato peel as a waste. And normally they use the same potatoes each time, so it's the same type of waste that you're getting. And sometimes there are components in that that could have other other uses. Uh, so, for example, if you take potato peel as as the example I've already given, they have um, substances in them known as polyphenols that can prefer, preserve the shelf life of other foods. Uh, so, if you can extract them and um, then sell them on to um, a food ingredient company, for for example, you're extracting value from the waste. But I suppose my earlier point as well was that you have to think about the whole thing um, in a circular fashion, whereby if you extract it, what are you going to do with what's left over? And, you know, that's the that's where research is going at, at the moment. I, I don't think we're there yet, Sean. I think we've, a, you know, you know we've a, a lot to do to get everything right. And there's a lot of big challenges, but um, we have to do it in a, in a holistic and sustainable fashion if we're, if we're going to try and uh, do, do this, this type of thing. Okay, and I was about to ask you then the challenges. What are some of the challenges before we can kind of get this to a commercial stage? I, I, I guess. Well, well, for me actually, um, uh, it's a quite a simple thing. It's a the logistical challenge uh, to make these things commercially viable. You need a a large, very large volume of homogenous waste, and uh, what you would actually need for the brief example I, I I've given is um, a, a lot of factories producing potato peel waste, and that all being brought to the one place um, and um, therefore they all need to be close but close together in order to make it um, sustainable because if you're if you're there if you're then transporting the waste to somewhere else to be processed um, you, you're 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 using carbon you're using greenhouse gases so you have to think of thing, things right back to the very 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 start and at the moment um, you know the systems the logistical systems aren't really in place 
to, to try and get large amounts of, of the waste in the one place such that it's commercially viable to extract the substances from it. Okay, and are there any uh, places in Europe, countries in Europe that are particularly good at this that we could be looking to? The, 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 I think the Italians and the, the Spanish have um, have developed pilot scale biorefineries, and I've been involved in a project in which um, I, I was involved in the design of a, of a pilot scale biorefinery. So that's not really a commercial scale biorefinery; it's something that we would use to to look at the viability of a, of a particular uh, process. So again, if I go back to the example I've given, we have designed a process by which you could uh, extract aromas from potato peels, you can extract uh, antioxidants from, from potato peels, you can extract protein, all of these can be used as, as food ingredients, and it's all part of the one process. Um, so, uh, but that's, and, and that's actually located within a, um, a large factory. So the biorefinery is, 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 is located within a, within a large factory, but it's still something that's not operating all the time. People are coming along with their, their food waste and they're seeing what they can recover from it. So it's still kind of, it's still about, uh, the, the research is still ongoing, I think, to get these things commercially viable. And are there any plans to build a biorefinery uh, in Ireland or do, do we have one here at the moment or what's the situation? Uh, not, not, not in the way that, that I, I describe, but there are facilities that would, can use, um, you, you know, mixed waste um, uh, to produce uh, gases and, and, and energy. Um, and, uh, you know, they, these are uh, anaerobic fermenters, but we don't have, uh, you know, the big facilities that, that, that I described uh, previously yet. And uh, I have my notes here. There's a pilot plant in Spain, uh, I think. Do you know? Are you aware? Yeah, that's of that? the one. I that's one I was speaking about. That's um, uh, in a facility called Indulada in, in Spain. And um, yeah, it was very interesting to be involved in such a thing because um, you know a lot of the work I would do would be at a lab scale, and I'd be able to extract uh, you know some of the polyphenols I talked about before, and I could see that there was a large amount of them present in, in the potato peel. Uh, but then to to make the jump to upscaling of that process and to actually be involved in the purchase of equipment and the um, the designing of that whole kind of circular process uh, to extract the polyphenols and all the other things as well was, was very, very interesting to, to be involved in that. And how do you see finally then this developing in the next few years or, you know, where will we be, say, in a decade's time on it? Well, I would hope that, the, uh, that you know, the concept of a biorefinery would become a much more commonplace and um, the logistical challenges that I referred to before could be could be overcome because I think uh, it's something we have to do. I think, you know, in order for for us to combat the huge uh, you know, climate change challenges that are that are coming down, coming coming towards us. Uh, we really have to develop what's known as a circular bioeconomy and these biorefineries that I refer to would would certainly be uh, be part of that. And can the average person help? I mean, it's obviously the scientists are important, people like yourself, but can the average person do anything to, to, to move this forward? Well, I suppose we all have a responsibility to try and reduce the amount of waste we have and, you know, put things into uh, into the right bins, etc. But I, uh, in the area that I work in is much more um, with regard to, to industries and there are um, you know, legislative uh, restrictions on the amount of waste they can produce and things like that. So, you know, you can, I suppose, you could lobby your government, your your local TD to try and, you know, uh, you know, introduce more legislation to, to, because ultimately, 
we wouldn't have to do this to, to produce less waste, um, you know, so, but there always will be some waste from, from the processing of food. Okay, Nigel, that's great. Thank you very much for that. Nigel Brunton there. AJ Menon is a postdoctoral researcher interested in developing technology that can turn food waste into a valuable resource, which can in turn be used, for example, to generate renewable energy. I began by asking AJ to describe how big an issue he thought food waste was for society in general. Uh, yeah, so it's it's a pretty big issue. Now, according to the according to the UN, if food waste was a country, it would be the third largest. It would have the third largest carbon footprint in the world, behind only America and China. About thirty percent of all the food that is produced in the world goes to waste, and transporting, uh, letting all that food rot accounts for eight to ten percent of the total greenhouse gas emissions. Uh, Ireland produces uh, about a million tons of food waste annually. A quarter of that comes from households. A typical household throws uh, throws out around uh, 150 kilograms of food waste each year. The commercial sector accounts for uh, 300,000 tons annually. The service industry, another 200,000 tons. And Ireland is the most food secure country in the world. Its agriculture output is enough to feed eight times its population. Now, that's a good thing. Uh, but it also means that it has very large amounts of food waste production at the farm level. Now, it's unlikely that, uh, you know, there will be a one-size-fits-all solution for all these different kinds of food waste. But we have developed uh, developed a variety of technologies and frameworks that are now making us more optimistic about ways in which we can turn unavoidable food waste into a research, uh, into a resource and drive sustainable circular activities. Okay. And the circular economy, for those that mightn't be too sure, I mean, what is that exactly? So uh, the idea of circular economy is basically rethinking and transforming our production and consumption behavior and processes as well uh, in such a way that there is essentially no waste. Now, we can do this by maintaining and recirculating products and materials in the economy while keeping them at their highest possible value. So by conserving this value, we ensure that uh, resource waste is eliminated, that we minimize pollution and also help regenerate nature to uh, a great extent. Uh, the basic idea over here uh, is firstly, we produce only what we need. We consume it efficiently. And if there is an inevitable uh, production of waste, uh, find processes in which uh, that can turn those wastes into a resource and then cycle the, that value back into the economy. And your own particular area then, what's, what is it that you've been looking at? Yeah, so my own particular area is anaerobic digestion. So that is a process that takes in what I just called uh, an inevitable production of, of, of waste, especially organic waste, uh, and uh, use that to basically use that as a fuel for creating, uh, uh, creating renewable energy and renewable gas. Now, say unavoidable food waste from farm supply chains or supermarkets, uh, you can collect and ground it and it can be used to produce uh, renewable energy by a process called fermentation. Now, uh, in anaerobic digestion, what we do is we use a closed system where the food waste acts as a fuel for bacteria, which can ferment the available organic material and produce uh, the renewable gas that I just mentioned, uh, the renewable gases, it's called biogas or biomethane. It's a mixture of methane and carbon dioxide uh, for the most part. 
Now the methane can be separated and used just like a conventional fossil fuel to produce power or heat or electricity. Uh, what remains is about 30 to 40% of it is carbon dioxide, which would generally be let out into the atmosphere. And that would be uh, uh, that would that would lead to a lot of carbon emissions. But uh, what we are doing is we are developing processes in which this carbon dioxide can be captured and separately used by microalgae. Uh, these are microscopic single celled photosynthetic organisms, kind of like very small plants. And these can just like plants, they can use carbon dioxide and convert it into higher value products like nutritious future foods and, and oxygen as well. And how far is is this at the early stage is what you're doing or how far have you got with it? Uh, now, the, the the great thing about this is it's bringing a lot of uh, mature technologies together. So most of the components like the anaerobic digestion, the uh, bioreactors that would take in the carbon dioxide and use it to grow microalgae, most of those technologies are at a mature level. Uh, the technologies are proven. Uh, there are lot of uh, innovations that have optimized those technologies. What we are doing uh, in my project, uh, we're basically finding a framework in which these technologies can be put together and uh, basically help each other. So all of these technologies, while they're all individually great, they have also individual shortcomings. And what our project does is kind of uh, use the waste that comes out of one process as the foot for the next step uh, that that uh, the first thing is in that circular format it keeps a value at every stage there's very little value lost and the the second good thing about this is it makes all those uh technologies more viable than they would have been separately because you know we have all the food stocks being generated in a cycle so yeah, yeah. that's that's where it stands so it seems like there's two things being addressed here so you're getting you're reducing the waste issue but then you're you've got this waste which is then being turned into a resource to generate energy mm -hmm. so there's two positives yeah there's two positives so like we we uh like to think of uh you know the the uh the idea is creating local chains of production and reuse so it's it's we are creating you're turning waste into resources for different technologies uh that like you said it it does have two uh you know two 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 great advantages the third one is that you're also reducing the amount of uh transportation that has to occur if you have where to dispose a waste or if you had to uh collect a resource for some process so you cut out that as well so yeah Okay, and at at the end of the process, then I, I believe there's some kind of a sludge, or you know, what what, yeah. what do you do with that stuff? Or uh... yeah, yeah. So the so the bacteria in anaerobic digestion they can't process everything. It's not you know the the entire food waste will be turned into methane and carbon dioxide. What remains is uh, kind of a a very thick uh, black. Yeah, what we call it's it's uh, the general term would be sludge. We call it digestate specifically in the uh in the field of anaerobic digestion uh, of digestion now this is liquid with some you know uh some some solid fraction it's it's very rich in organic material it also has uh some micronutrients like nitrogen and phosphorus which are very important for agriculture now because of uh, uh these properties it can be a great organic fertilizer for farmers to use on their fields and improve the fertility of their soil 
the thing is there is very strict legislation around it because like i said there's uh it, it will be very uh, uh there'll be a lot of microorganisms and bacteria in it so it has to be uh, very there's very stringent regulations around pasteurizing it uh, before it can be used as a fertilizer uh, now there's a concern that this process of pasteurization the pasteurization is basically heating it at 60 at 70 degrees for for 60 minutes now this takes up a lot of energy in terms of heating so there's a concern that this process can use up so much power that the entire anaerobic digestion process can become commercially inefficient, especially with you know the energy prices, uh, the fuel prices uh, going haywire at the moment. Uh, but there are some novel technologies that are produced uh, that are being developed in UCD by Professor Jim Ling, who is an academic that I work with. Uh, the, the, uh, these uh, technologies they are basically electroprocess technologies like uh, pulse electric fields, ohmic heating, and so on these processes can speed up the, uh, the the process of heating uh for pasteurization they'll also use up very low amounts of energy there's no uh, the chemical free essentially and that would make the process commercially more viable it would make it faster as well and it would be environmentally friendly so and i mean what's the vision for the future you know say if we're having this conversation in 10 years time do you think uh you know individual supermarkets will have their own digesters and uh you know yeah. groups of houses will have them or how would it work yeah so that's the great utility of anaerobic digestion it can be you can carry it out at huge centralized facilities but you can also make it as small as you need now it probably won't be very viable to have you know one digester per household like you can do with compost or something basically having it work on a community level so either bringing together localities or bringing together industries or food processes that are present in uh, in a cluster so the idea is identifying clusters coming up with a framework for implementation of this technology in with that uh, taking the geographical location of the producers the geographical location of uh, uh, the network and all of that in in the coming years hopefully by 2030 uh, we would have uh, a network that can be rolled out uh, connecting everything from small farms to communities to organic uh, waste that comes out of supermarkets and uh, you know your large dairy producers or breweries and all of that can be uh, made useful and turned into other valuable chemicals or even re renewable energy. That was AJ Menon. Now that's all for this episode of Agri-Food Matters, the 12th in our series. If you'd like to get in touch with us or to make suggestions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Please email me, Sean Duke, presenter of Agri-Food Matters, at seancduke at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate it or review it on the iTunes podcast platform or any of the other podcast listening platforms on which it's now available, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts and Radio Public. Thanks for listening. And until we meet here again next time, it's goodbye from all of us at Agri-Food Matters.